What's going on everybody and welcome to another edition of the weekly walk-off on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton, he's Pat Zhang, and Pat, we, we have had a crazy week. Apologies for not posting an episode this past Wednesday. We had some transfer issues internally, nothing changes on the external side, but thanks for bearing with, with us, and we are so excited for this episode today. Yeah, we've had an extra couple days to think about this and really itch to get oh, yeah. this one out, because I know this is what we were shooting for, for the weekly episode, so uh, pumped to be able to finally talk about this stuff, and, and glad everything went over well with the transfer, so everyone listening should be able to listen now, as I say yeah. with a smile on my face. That's, so. Yeah, we were we were debating dropping one on Wednesday, and then we were having, I don't know if anybody had any of these issues on Apple Podcasts, but it was saying temporarily unavailable, and we thought, you know what, we're super excited to do this one, like Pat said. We put a lot of work into it, so we don't want there to be any potential catastrophes. Before we get into it, I wanted to give a special shout out to Michael Semion, yes. who I, I know that I can speak for both of us. He shouted us out on his daily SP streamer. Um, I don't know if it's just a sub stack or like something he puts out every day and he posts it on Twitter. He shouted the Did You Hear podcast out and it was so incredible to get that type of feedback. So I wanted to personally thank Michael and also Matt Williams, who put our podcast name out there. It is so, so cool. We do it for ourselves, right, Pat? Like, we really just love podcasting, but to get yeah. some really constructive feedback and to know that people are listening and liking what we do we really really appreciate it no we want to say thank you so much to to the two of them for for putting it out there and uh, and giving us some really cool feedback on it so as emma was saying we really appreciate that sounds like people like what we're doing so i guess yeah. we'll keep doing it always always nice to hear that if you if you are listening for the first time welcome thank you yes, so welcome. much Make, you, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening so you can catch our episodes every week. We have a weekly one on Wednesday and then a weekly walk-off on Friday that, spe- that focuses specifically on baseball. So, Pat, today we are going to talk in the dog days of summer hmm. about two of the greatest players in the sport. I was going to say, if not athletes in the world. I love it. And then we're going to finish... You and I both picked one player who might not be dominating the headlines, but who is also doing something absolutely incredible and great. So you said that you had a tough day at work today, Pat. So (laughs) because of that, I am going to let you start off talking about the best pitcher on the entire planet. Oh, that's exciting. I thought we were going to start the other way, so I will happily get into it so as emma was saying what we're really looking for this episode is to just have some fun and spotlight greatness and some greatness that we're seeing in major league baseball right now and if you're looking at greatness right now just look to the man on the mound in queens and that is jacob Degrom. the season he is currently putting together there is no comparison to which is probably the coolest point for both of us to start at no one has done what Degrom is doing at this point in the season currently has the lowest earned run average of any pitcher through his first 12 starts breaking a tie with bob gibson he has the lowest whip as well uh through his first 12 starts i mean on and on i think my favorite stat is still if you incorporate the hitting he has six rbis and has allowed four earned runs this season (laughs) it's genuinely hysterical to think about that and wrap your mind around it 
Also, to just just to put that in perspective, I feel very comfortable saying Kevin Gaussman is the second best pitcher in the National League, possibly in baseball this Love season that. so far with yeah, how he's he pitching. Deserves it. Yep. He has allowed four times the amount of earned runs as Jacob DeGrom. And think about it, that's still 16 earned runs from Kevin Gaussman. That's not bad. Not only is that not bad, that is very good. He has a 1-5 I was just going to say, his 1-5 ERA, if DeGrom didn't exist, we would be talking about one of the best pitching seasons of all times from Gaussman. De- DeGrom is a full run under that. A full run. And Paul Hembikidis, our friend, came on the show, put out some incredible stats on DeGrom as well that I'll try not to laugh as I go through. Um, the league is averaging four and a half runs per game uh, this season. Jacob DeGrom is allowing 3.4 hits per nine innings. Uh, I'm number- going to laugh as you say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> number of multi-hit games Jacob DeGrom has had as a hitter this season, two. Number of multi-hit games Jacob DeGrom has allowed this season against opposing hitters, one. I, I lo- again, love that one, bringing in the hitting. Believable. Going to ERA+. plus. Uh, a stat, you know, I love OPS plus ERA plus works in the same fashion. 100 is league average. Jacob DeGroms is currently 774. And that's gone up. Yeah. That's that has n- gone up. That's not a typo, mind you. Uh, it is 774. I believe Kevin Gosman is currently the best in Major League Baseball, not named Jacob DeGrom, at about 260. Oh my god. And to again put that in perspective, the greatest ERA plus ever by a pitcher since it was recorded was Pedro Martinez at 290. Wow. And Jacob deGrom is at 7. I didn't know that about Pedro. That's a great stat actually. Mm-hmm. That is so, a great stat. That's a starting point for it. Please come in so that I don't just <laughs> ramble on cuz I absolutely could. I mean, the bottom line is we've just never seen anything like it. Yeah. It's uh I saw a tweet it was actually an MLB Network graphic that they tweeted, and it was the MVP seasons or MVP caliber seasons, and you had Clinton Kershaw on there, and you had Justin Verlander on there, and Jacob deGrom was a full run below them, and probably 300 points off of their ERA. No, I mean, 500, 600 points off of their ERA+. plus. It is actually hysterical. Like, that's the, that's the only word to describe it. It is absurd what Jacob deGrom is doing and I saw a really good headline not to put a damper on this at all no. the only thing getting in the way of deGrom is his own body yeah and he said it himself he he's sick of it he's sick of having to only throw five shutout innings instead of seven or eight shutout innings god forbid it, it's absolutely insane to watch and you you saw him in person I did what was that like <laughs> I mean, it's it's incredible to see someone on the mound and just have the the absolute confidence that you know he's going to come through every single time. And while I was there, he it was against the Cubs when he did exit through injury. Yeah, that I was mean, the, the shortened start. You felt like he was going to throw a no hitter yeah. that game from from the first pitch, and he did as well because or against I said against the Cubs, it was against the Padres. Excuse me. Um, but he did as well as you saw when Will Myers squeaked through a base hit up the middle. Degrom went down to basically put his hands on his knees and, and, and bent over. He wanted a no hitter, and he thought he had it there. And, and you see it in so many of these starts as well. I mean, I think about it. Patrick Wisdom was talking in an interview with, with Barstool Sports this week, and he uh, described facing Degrom as going into a test knowing you're going to fail. <laughs> he said he did not even see the first pitch 
from DeGrom. Yeah. It was just past him because, of course, we know DeGrom's throwing over 100 miles an hour. What I think is also so interesting with DeGrom is you know what's coming. He He's not That's a guy a that throws seven different pitches. He is incredibly reliant on, with that fastball, and it's because it's so dominant. He throws it over 60% of the time. The other 30% of the time is a slider. So he's mostly a two-pitch guy, but it doesn't matter because the pitches are so dominant. He'll mix in a changeup, and he's thrown a handful of uh, of curveballs this year, but literally a handful. I believe that number's under 10. It doesn't matter is what I continue to go back to because it's just – it blows you away. The movement on it is incredible. It's <laughs> – you, you run out of adjectives to describe yeah. the guy because it's, it's otherworldly. He's literally just superior. Yeah. You could know exactly what he's going to throw, but he is just better than you. And he is better than probably every other athlete in the sport, player in the game, if not more. If he's not the best athlete ever, guys just don't do this. Pitchers just don't do this. And we are lucky enough to live through it. You mentioned the batting. That's what I want to end with. Yeah, please Because do. it is so absolutely amazing. I'll, I'll read you off his slash line, and then I'll get into some of the better stats. Right now, he is batting 407 not with bad. a 407 on base percentage. Not bad. A 444 slug. He has a 143 weighted runs created plus number. 100 <laughs> is average. That being said, he has 27 plate appearances. Pat mentioned the six RBIs. While that is a minute sample size compared to other hitters, it is not compared to other pitchers. And in all the games that Jacob deGrom has had multiple plate appearances, he has only had an offer in two. He has had a hit in almost every single game that he's played in, and they've come in high leverage situations. Mm-hmm. Literally, you hear the joking term, like he's going to have to do everything himself. Jacob deGrom literally does everything himself. There have been games where he pitched shutout baseball and then he scored his own runs in the batter's box. Yeah. But my favorite thing of all is that as of Monday, this we're recording on Thursday, this releases on Friday, but as of Monday, NL pitchers had a 291 average OPS, which for pitchers, I guess, is pretty much ho-hum. That's just what you get. Mm-hmm. New York pitchers, to give the Mets some credit, have a 417 OPS plus. So you're seeing a couple of these Mets pitchers rake, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's mostly DeGrom. And then I think Stroman has a double to his name. David Peterson has a yep. double to his name. Kind of cool to see. Yeah. Stroman's double was absolutely electric too. Yeah, he, say, he, he that. celebrated that one. Yeah. <laughs> DeGrom has a 885 OPS. Hmm. And no other Mets pitcher with more than two at-bats is above 300. Tell me that this guy could not be an everyday position player because I will tell you that you are wrong because he could be. He's that good. Well, He's that, that good. That's the funny thing is that, remember, he came up as a shortstop. That's what he played in I was just going to say, Stetson, Stetson University, yep, Stetson position player. Shout out. So it, he's not foreign to the bat. This isn't a guy that specialized in pitching, you know, for, for his whole life. He he was a hitter. And it's very clear going up there. He's dangerous. Like, if pitchers just go and try to throw the get-me-over fastball, he's going to jump all over it. Yeah, and I can appreciate the hell out of that. It is so cool. It's it's pretty cool, especially getting to him, you know, in the nine hole. 
Yeah. It's it's not your average pitcher. <laughs> no, it is it, not it, your average nine it's, hitter. <laughs> it's really not. And I, I, I just, I meant to mention this stat. I just have to do it because you're talking about laughing when I mention stats. This one might really make you laugh. And th- we haven't even gone into like the more normal stuff that we talk about, you know, K rate, walk rate, which all of his stuff is off the charts, but we don't right. even need to because we want to. Leading we wanna, in all of that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we we want to showcase more of the like mind numbing stats. Well, here's a mind number for you. Pitchers across Major League Baseball are currently batting 112 this season. Mm. All hitters, so like this is your, you know, your Juan Soto's, whoever, every batter against Jacob deGrom is hitting 113. It's he has rendered position players, some of the better hitters in the sport, to hitting just like pitchers do. And that isn't normal. <laughs> no, it's not. It is absolutely absurd. Pit... Jacob DeGrom is so good that he is making hitters. And it NL, I think, has the better hitters this year, honestly. Fernando Tatis, Chris Bryant, all these guys making them look like pitchers. With all this being said, I still think there should be a universal DH. <laughs> as yeah, much as I love I to so. see DeGrom hit, I think there should be a universal DH. But I can appreciate so much. Guys like him, Clayton Kershaw does it too, getting into the box and genuinely enjoying it. He takes grounders in batting practice he goes out there and fields like a position player he just i think it comes back to i obviously don't have any grounds in saying this but like love for the game he must just love it that much where he wants to have his hand in everything and he is so lucky to be so good at all of those different things it's just it's a joy to watch it's a gift to watch and the injury scares are are real and they, right. they are dangerous so i think for everyone out there just enjoy watching them while he can <laughs> yeah. because this is i'm not sure you're ever gonna see it again yeah how many have there has there ever been three consecutive cy youngs i don't believe so and you know i you cannot tell me he would not have been the first one to do so if it wasn't a 60 game season where by the way actually yeah. this is a great one but i will not go into a tangent i promise because you know <laughs> you know my feelings on the 60 game season uh, Trevor yes. Bauer. but yeah. by the way the season would have already wrapped up a week ago uh, if this was if yeah so just think about jacob de grom's numbers then over a 60 game season because how many people are saying oh my god but how many innings has he pitched yeah how long can he do it well that was a whole season and we gave a cy young to trevor bauer for it and yep. of course bauer was fantastic last year so just just a little piece of context no it, he so deserves it this he's past bob gibson the only thing that potentially you take away from that is that he's not pitching nine innings mm-hmm. but the the game of baseball the is just different yeah, so exactly. it's it's hard to compare. That's what all those comparisons come into across all sports. They're yep. just different. DeGrom is absolutely the the best player to watch right now. What he does is just, it's mind-numbing. And I, I think all of those stats are so good. I'm actually going to leave you with one. And it's going to make do. you laugh the hardest because you love it the most. He's had 12 starts. Nine of them, Pat. In nine of Jacob DeGrom's 12 starts, he has a left-on-base percentage of 100%. 100%. Are you that, kidding? That's not I thought, bad. I had to look it up because I couldn't even understand it. And it's literally, it's just, even if he gave up a run, it was because it was a home run. When he lets guys on, like you mentioned, it's the Will Myers. It's He's literally putting his hands on his knees because he can't imagine a guy getting a hit off of him. And that's the best attitude in the entire world. That's mm. what baseball should be. Yep. It's so so cool also answer to a trivia question 
uh, that will be asked now, uh, who was the first pitcher to get checked for foreign substances? It was Jacob, Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom. That's a, I was going to say that as a side point, and I didn't. I like that you brought that up. Now we know that his stuff is legit. Not that he needed to prove himself, yeah. but now that we now we know that there's no shadow of a doubt that this is just his pure, authentic way of playing. Uh, speaking of that, his spin rate is up since MLB started. Uh, really? Released this, uh, that they were going to start checking. Yeah, yep. so I, I think he's doing okay. Anything you put in his way, he just absolutely bulldozes over and gets better because of it. It's incredible. That It is. So we said all of that, and I mentioned that he's the best player to watch and the best athlete in the sport. I think Shohei Otani might have something to say about that. Another guy and that I, is not bad. Not, <laughs> not bad. Not not bad to watch either. I'm going to let you start again because I have something really fun to do after you speak. I would say I, I'm excited to hear your, your notes on Otani because I know how much you love him and how yeah. can you not love him. But before I even get into anything, let's just start about last week. Let's talk about last we week. We shall, please. Because Shohei Otani basically had the best week of any player in a hundred years. And I will give you that exact comparison soon, but Otani, who not surprisingly was the American league player of the week for June 14th through June 20th, hit six home runs while pitching six innings, allowing one earned run and picking up the win. He is the first player to do that in 100 years. So with five plus homers and a win almost to the day of Babe Ruth, who, so Otani was June 14th through 20th, 2021. Babe Ruth was June 9th through 15th. Oh my 19, God, that's 21. freaky. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. With seven home runs and pitched five innings and picked up a win in that game. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, the the Babe Ruth, Shohei Otani comparisons have kind of written themselves, but to see that one so stark is, is incredible. And, and I'll give you one more because I want to let you get into your stuff. Oh, yeah, please. Just he is the Major League Baseball leader in B-War right now, mm-hmm. even more so than Jacob deGrom. Otani is at a 5 B-War, while deGrom is sitting at a 4.5. And, of course, a lot of that is because the man hits and pitches and uh, does both pretty well, which it's I will let you go in. I got to take away deGrom, so please take away <laughs> I, I Just before I get into my thing, one of the most underrated things about him, we've mentioned the speed and the base running before. Yep. Another thing is his versatility. Mm-hmm. Shohei Otani can pitch five or six innings, strike out 10 batters, and then go play right field. That's my favorite while part, is watching him trot out to right field. Is hitting. It's unbelievable. But I could go through, and just like the ground, I could tell you all of these numbers to show why Shohei Otani is so amazing. But instead, I want to play a little game. Oh, cool. So I'm going to ask you a question. And just as a disclaimer, Pat has no idea what I'm going to do. I didn't tell him I don't. this beforehand. I'm, I'm kind of scared. You're going to make bit. me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm sure you'll know the point I am trying to prove. But I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. And then I'm going to give you two numbers. And you're going to tell me which numbers belong to who. Oh, I like it. And I want to try and make it as rapid fire as possible. Cool. All right. Yeah, let's do so, it. So, besides Jacob deGrom, Pat, who is the best pitcher in baseball? I go Kevin Gosman. Interesting. Okay. Kevin Gosman. I'm going to give you two numbers now. Yep. And it is the put-away percentage on split fingers. Which one belongs to Gosman and which one belongs to Otani? Mm. 33.9% 
and 43.2% put away percentage on the split finger pitch. I'm going to guess Otani has the higher one because I know we've heard about how ridiculous and ridiculously difficult that pitch has been to put in play this year. You are correct. Mm. Behind Gosman, who is the best pitcher in baseball. Ooh, that's where things get really tricky. I mean, you know I love Zach Wheeler and what, yep. what he's doing right now. So I'll say I'll say Zach Wheeler. It's probably okay. not true, but, you know, it's fun. Uh, no, I, I, I actually put him on my list because I knew you were going to say that specifically, <laughs> but he has he's having an incredible year. Two numbers, which belongs to who? A 286 BABIP versus a 266 BABIP. I'm just going to keep going with Otani as the better one, so <laughs> let's try that. That's, that's correct. <laughs> Behind Wheeler, who is the best pitcher in baseball? Uh, I'll go Garrett Cole. Okay, Garrett Cole. Strikeout percentage, which belongs to who? 11.5 or 12.4? I, I hope Otani has a 12.4. I think it might be Garrett Cole, but... Otani does have he the does have him out strikeout on there. percentage. Behind Garrett Cole, who's the best pitcher in baseball? Uh, Brandon Woodruff? Fangraph's war. 2.5 or 1.3? Oh, it's got to it's gotta be Otani on the 2.5. So this one, pitching war, it actually is Brandon Woodruff. Oh, I had to oh keep it you was in pitching check. war? I, you know what? I'm sorry, I, I didn't, didn't fully understand I didn't, the question. I um, didn't clarify that. Had to keep it in check. Brandon Woodruff, I think he is a, a, if not for Jacob deGrom, obviously, NL Cy Young winner. Had to keep you in check a little bit. Fair, we'll fair. Do, we'll do one more behind Brandon Woodruff, oh, who is the best pitcher in make baseball. Me, <laughs> dang, make, make me go with another one. I would have said I, I would have said Tyler Glass now. Okay. Uh, do we still want to count him? Yep, we can count him. Strikeouts. Actually, we'll do one more after Tyler Glass now. 123 or 82. Uh, Glass now has 123. Yeah, that's right. So yep. so can you give me one more pitcher just so we don't end on, on two with <laughs> the other guy? <laughs> um, you go for it this time. Okay, I will say, uh, let's look at this list. I have... I'll do Clayton Kershaw. Okay. Arguably one of the best pitchers of our generation. Having a pretty decent year too. Whiff rate, which belongs to who? 84th percentile in whiff rate. Or 89th percentile in whiff rate? Otani 89. It is Mr. Otani. Wow. So to recap, Shohei Otani has a higher strikeout percentage than Garrett Cole. He has a higher whiff rate than Clayton Kershaw. He has a higher put-away percentage on his split finger, which is his highest put-away percentage of any of his pitches. And he has a higher, or he has a better BABIP than Zach Wheeler. Shohei Otani, who also hits. And that's where I was going to go with it, is the funny thing is, it, at least in my mind, he is a better hitter than <laughs> pitcher. And you yep. still go through these numbers and see how effective doesn't even do him justice with, with how good and great he's been on the mound. It's unbelievable. I had so I spent like almost over an hour doing. I'll say that was impressive because I it just was, was throwing out names off the top well, of my head impressive there. Impressive of you, impressive of you as well to go down. So I basically I'll count off who I had. I had because I, I was thinking if somebody asked me besides Jacob Degrom, I yeah. would have said Garrett Cole. Uh, I put you Darvish on there. Otani has a better ERA plus than you Darvish. I put Max Scherzer on there. Otani has a better home run per nine rate than Max Scherzer. I put Walker Bueller on there. Otani has a better expected batting average than Bueller. I put Shane Bieber, better expected slugging 
than Shane Bieber. Oh, I thought you were going to... Uh, Pat, this was a wild card. I thought you might say Lance Lynn. So I put uh, him on the I list. You know I love Lance Lynn. Otani has a better barrel percentage than Lance Lynn. I mentioned Gosman. I mentioned Woodruff. And I mentioned Zach Wheeler. So I was nervous you were going to throw me a curveball, but I felt like that was a pretty comprehensive list of all the best pitchers, at least this year. I mean, I thought about saying Taiwan Walker, who has been wonderful oh, that for the Metropolitan. That would have me for a but loop. Yes, <laughs> I went with the bigger guys. I just, I wanted to do that because I had it in my head. I knew the, the really the only critique of Otani right now is his command and his mm-hmm. walk rate. Is yeah, the walk high. rate's high. The walk rate's high. Otherwise, his stuff is literally unhittable. And I hope that I showed you in all of those comparisons that compared to some of the best pitchers in baseball, Otani is better than a lot of them in specific categories. And then he vaults himself into another universe by also being one of the best hitters in the league right now. 23 home runs. It's unbelievable. Is he tied with Vladdy or is he number one right now? Oh, I think he's tied. Okay, I think I th- he's it's died. either 23-22 or 23-23. 23. It's right there. Yeah, he, he's right up there, whatever it is. But it, <laughs> Which is just incredible as you list off the pitching stats. Yeah, it's insane. And I mentioned on episodes in the past, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having the type of season that has made me think about it. He is having such a good season. Jacob deGrom is having such a good season. Mike Trout was having such a good season. Shohei Otani takes the cake, and I'm not going to let anyone convince me otherwise because he does both to the level of which he's doing both. It's mind-numbing. It's potentially even more mind-numbing than DeGrom, in my opinion. I don't know if you feel that way. But because he can do both, it just... It's unbelievable. It's never before seen. Or Babe Ruth 100 years ago. Yeah, no, you're so right. I don't even know how you can compare the two with Otani and DeGrom because DeGrom is just as we said, never, ever, ever seen before with the dominance pitching-wise. But then Otani blends being one of the better hitters in the game with being a very, very good pitcher. So, I mean, just as you said, what we're seeing right now is incredible. And the MVP race, like, I honestly feel bad for Vladdy. Me too. Because the year that he is having is crazy. Now, the funny thing is, like, the MVP usually goes to someone that's on one of the top teams in the league. I don't know if you're going to see that this year with i mean i know the al east is going to be in flux who knows who's going to win that division the white Sox don't have a clear clear top uh top cut guy the astros i mean correa is having a very nice year as as is yuli goriel but i mean are you going to give it to those guys over otani or, or no. vladdy just the crazy seasons that they're having i, I yeah. don't know about that so it's crazy we mm-hmm. uh, the astros deserve some credit in a yes. future episode they are on an absolute tear and it's without alex bregman they were, one of their pitchers was on my list potentially for a guy that doesn't get enough credit because they are all way overperforming. But I, I digress. You're completely right. It's going to a player that unfortunately will probably not make the playoff stage, but who otherwise is keeping this team afloat. I mean, where would the Angels be without Otani right now? Rendon's struggling. Trout is out. David Fletcher isn't having a great year. Dylan Bundy has been frankly terrible. Yes. And Otani's doing it all. And I, I wish, well, he, he will be at the Home Run Derby, which is absolutely amazing. And that will give him the national recognition that he deserves if he doesn't have it already. But, I mean, man, we just got to hope that at some point the Angels turn it around because this guy needs to be both in the playoffs and getting those awards year after year. If he keeps this up, nobody is going to beat him. He could win three consecutive AL MVPs. Oof, that is high praise right there. 
Right? Uh, I think his teammate, Mike Trout, might have something to say about yeah, you're that right. when, when you're he right. comes back. <laughs> but that's a thing, too, for the Angels. Like, just stay around the 500 mark until Trout comes back. I think yeah. that's the best thing you can hope for. And then pray to God you can add some pitching. Um, and they've been doing a li- they've been doing better. They've shockingly they're, stayed They're afloat. actually over 500 since yeah. Trout's been out of the lineup. Yeah, which is mind-numbing in and of itself. But <laughs> I have a serious question for you before we move on. Yeah. If Trout had finished the season the way that he was playing... Would you have still given it to Otani, oh, the AL MVP? Oh, you, that's isn't that the question? That's the question, right? Because Trout, may, I mean, hitting 400, like that was potentially the pace he was on. And if Shohei Otani was doing what he's doing now, where would you lean? That might be the most difficult question I, I've been asked because yeah. I, I am very starchly in the camp of Mike Trout is a, as, as Jeff Passan referred to, inner circle Hall of Famer. Like the best player of our generation. I don't lean anything away from him. So I probably would still go Trout just thinking what he could do in a season. Mm. But the numbers from Otani are impossible to ignore. Impossible. It really is hard. It really is hard, but I go Otani. And I I, I totally get it. Like I can't even fight you on it with that. But it's one of those things where you just feel bad. I mean, what you have to give out two awards. You have to create an award. No, that was the thing I tweeted too about DeGrom and those stats. You have to create a new award for DeGrom because MVP or Cy Young might not even halfway encompass how great he is this season. Yeah, it'll be when his uh, when he's inducted into Cooperstown. Yes. That'll, that'll be it because... I can get behind that. Yeah, because otherwise, just wow. What a, what a season. It's all about health. for Honestly, for both of them, because Otani has had his health struggles in years past as well. So You're right. Let's hope we can continue seeing them play every day. Yeah, for both of them, totally. So that is examining greatness. Two of the greatest in the sport, Shohei Otani and Jacob deGrom. Let's end. We both picked a player that isn't getting a ton of headlines, who is doing a great thing in their own right. I'll start. I hope we didn't pick the same player. Oh, man. I don't (laughs) think we did. That's good. I picked Wander Franco. Oh, I love that. No. It was a niche pick. You know I wanted to go with my guy, Cedric Mullins. Of course. But I just want to let you know before we even get to it, you just ended my stat of the week because I was going to be Wander Franco. But I'll still give it. I'll still give it. (laughs) Well, it's it's walk-off, Pat, so we don't don't give stats today. Oh, my God. You're so right. But you know what? You're going to give it anyway. I'm getting confused. Because of the weekly weekly episode that we missed. Exactly. So I I do not mean to steal your thunder, so please go. (laughs) I told Pat before we started, it's felt like an eternity since we recorded. And it was only last Friday, but... As you can tell by the fact I was just ready to give a stat of the week at the end of this. (laughs) We are rearing to go today. (laughs) But I had a lot of guys. Cedric Mullins is maybe my favorite player in baseball right now. And if he doesn't make the All-Star game, even though the All-Star game is not legit, I will be very upset because he is unbelievable. But I've mentioned him before. So I wanted to talk about somebody that I haven't talked about. And it's Wander Franco, who has been the number one prospect in baseball for a couple of years now in the number one ranked farm system in baseball. So he's surrounded by other very good players. He continues to rise to the top. On Tuesday night, he made his debut at home against the Red Sox with his team in a six-game losing streak. It kind of, the stars aligned for Franco. And the best part of all about that statement is that Tuesday night was the night that Tropicana Field loosened their COVID restrictions. Yes. So they had a season high 12,994 fans, excuse me, in attendance to see Wander Franco debut. And he didn't do too much. 
No. He just hit a three-run homer in his debut. He turned 20 in March, and he is now the eighth youngest player since 1901, Patrick, to hit a home run in his major league debut. And I want to get your thoughts on that too, but I want to just mention that I think people use the word five-tool player almost flippantly now. Wander Franco literally has five-plus tools. You saw his power. You saw his plate discipline. That's what I was going to say. should not go understated for at all. For a 20-year-old. He, he was down 0-2, and he worked a walk in his first career major league plate appearance against Eduardo Rodriguez, whose stuff is no joke, even though he's struggling this year. And they were very good pitches, by the way, that he took. Right. Did not miss very much at all. All, no. all outside corner stuff. I was yep. blown away by that. You obviously have the power in the home run. He hit a double. He flashed his speed. He made a nice double play. He's got the charisma. People love him already. What more can this guy do? And he's only played in, what, three games this week? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. It's so exciting. So exactly what I was planned on doing was to make sure that we could talk about him. I was going to say three, which was the amount of plate appearances it took for Wander Franco to hit his first career home run. Uh, Shocker. Exactly. I believe that it was also the youngest third baseman to debut and hit a home run in his debut. Oh, interesting. Uh, And I don't even remember how many years, possibly ever, but in in many years, if not, that was a cool stat. I just don't have it offhand. Yeah. it's so exciting to have to be able to add another young guy that could potentially blossom into a star. Um, wow, we I feel like he's 20 years old, but I feel like we've been waiting for Wander Franco for three years right. to get to, to Major League Baseball. So it's a great moment for the sport to have him up and, and just very exciting. I thought the expectations were too high. I thought there was <laughs> yeah. no way he could live up to what baseball has made of him. And he did it. And of course, he's going to go through slumps, whatever. You saw what happened with, with um, Jared Kelnick. He got sent back. But Wander Franco, so far, looks like a different breed. He's also the youngest player to bat first or second since 96. Ooh, that's he good is, that. He's being thrust into this spot on a potentially AL East division-leading team, potentially a playoff-bound, if not... World Series bound team, and he is going to be expected to produce in high leverage spots. And so far, the pressure has not gotten to him one bit. No, very impressive start, and he will be someone that very excited to to see how he does the here in this rookie season, and of course going forward. Yeah. Just continuing to strengthen the young core, like yeah. you said, so yeah. so great. So, um, okay, you you end us off here. I'm excited to hear your guy. No, so this guy was actually mentioned when we were talking through our All-Star episode from uh, from last week. But again, I talk about feeling bad for Vladdy. (laughs) I feel bad for this guy because if he was playing at another position, he would be easily a a starter in the All-Star game. And it's Matt Olson of of the Oakland A's. Oh, good pick. Is just having a fantastic season right now. But the poor guy's got to deal with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. ahead of him at first base for the American League. Just to go off of the normal numbers for Olsen, he's hitting 298 with 20 home runs. So he's in the top five in the league in home runs. He's a 376 on base percentage. He's 75% better than league average at the plate. 94th percentile average exit velocity, 94th percentile weighted on base. 92nd percentile barrel barrel percentage. The numbers can go on and on and on. 
Yep. The Oakland A's have had a very strong season right now, as you said, only recently caught by the streaking Houston Astros. But Olsen is the biggest part of that, especially with Matt Chapman going through such a down year. Mm -hmm. Olsen has basically carried this offense for large portions of it. And he's straight up stud and he's been a very good player for a while. But this season, what a breakout for him and just what a year he's having. And he might be the third best first baseman in the AL right And that's, that's what hurts. <laughs> and that's what hurts. And he might not even be the A's representative. It, it's crazy. But while you were talking, I brought up his uh, baseball reference page because I wanted to remind myself what his average was last year. Mm-hmm. And batting average is not everything. But Matt Olson No, hit, most definitely not. Matt Olson hit 195 last year. His OPS Plus was still 104, which is slightly above league average. And that's because he still had the power... But he just struggled to make things happen in a non-power way. You know what I mean? He just he struggled to get on base and string hits together and get things done on a more day-to-day basis versus just making the headlines with the big homer. Yeah. He's, he's putting it all together this year. His defense has always been so stellar. Him and, him and Chapman at the corners is one of the underrated corner infielders in baseball. Oh, I for think. sure. You hear about Goldschmidt and, and Arnado, of course, but Olsen and Chapman are phenomenal. And he's another guy. In in 2018, he played all 162. Mm-hmm. That is a big deal, especially in today's game. He's going to go out there every single day and play and get a ton of at-bats. And I, he deserves the breakout year. I mean, really, he is putting it all together. And... Yeah, of course you like to see the batting average go up. Of course you like to see the OPS go up. But I think the fact that it just culminated, and now he's the star on this small market team that still might not even have an all-star representative named Matt Olson is crazy. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see. I'm very happy for him that he's having such a good season, especially after kind of a tough, a, a tough year average-wise, as you said. He was still very effective at the plate. Yeah, but the narrative wasn't the same. Unfortunately, when your average is lower, it's kind of like Yasmani Grandal. He's in his own (laughs) league because it's so mind-blowing. But when you hit sub-200, it's just different. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So a really great year coming out of Matt Olson and someone that I wanted to spotlight here. And I didn't even mention that I think he has the weirdest batting average in the league. Yeah. Yeah, it's good Uh, Who is my second? Uh, Will Smith has a really crazy one. But Matt Olson has one of the wackier batting stances did i say stance average sorry i I meant batting stance uh will smith has a really wacky stance too but matt olsen the way that he gets his barrel to the ball is impressive in and of itself let alone having an ops plus way above league average that's that's pretty cool (laughs) that helps too (laughs) yeah uh that was so fun pat i i have been so excited for days to do this and we mentioned we were we were going to examine greatness we were going to spotlight greatness and i think we did enough of the high-profile stuff, and then two of the guys that that deserve a lot of credit that the main headlines aren't really covering too much. Yeah, that was awesome. So glad we got to talk about DeGrom and Otani and then talk about a rising star in Wander Franco and as well as someone that has been killing it out there on the West Coast in Matt Olson. So really, really happy we got to do this. Yeah, and we promise we will be back on a normal schedule in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's hope for no more uh, transferring issues. But totally. I, I think we should be good from here on out. So, all right, that will do it for us here on the Did You Hear podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. Leave a rating as well. We are at 49 ratings. We are one off of 50. Just need one person to go and leave that rating. We would be so grateful for you doing so. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Did You Hear Pod. We're bat flipping into the weekend, 
and Emma. That's a wrap.